Today on the podcast, we have our friendly neighborhood naturopathic doctor, Jenna Weeks. As I hear you present yourself on social media, I love that. And she is here today to tell us her transformation story and talk a little bit about what she does. I don't want to spill too many beans and I kind of want her to see what she does, but that's just the gist of it. When it comes to weight loss programs, oftentimes you see people pushing the diet, exercise and support part of things, but they're missing one really important piece to weight loss. The piece that I use myself to lose over 100 pounds and change my life in every single aspect. I was able to reverse a number of physical and mental health conditions using this, and I'm confident that if you implement the same thing that you can too. That missing piece is the mindset, and that's what I'm all about. So this is why I created Best Interest, and this is why I created my program, The Weight Loss Mindset. So if you're looking to change your life from the inside out once and for all, check out the link in the description to find out more about how I can help you in my group and one-on-one coaching programs. So welcome to the show, Jenna. Oh, thank you for having me. It's awesome to be here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. This is the podcast that is all about personal transformation and taking your life into your own hands and becoming a better version of yourself. So that is, I have all the time in the world for that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I only met Jenna, like, I think once in person in my entire life, maybe twice. I don't remember. But we have tried doing this podcast last year, actually, but just some stuff got in the way. But here we are now. Divine timing, perfect timing for this. And so <laughs> I'm excited to hear your story. And because I know you do some interesting things. I know you've been through an interesting journey yourself. So so tell me a little bit about yourself. Like you're Jenna now, but who was Jenna before and how did you get to where you are today? Ooh, that's a really great question. I I feel like... I've always had a really excitable spirit. So that's always been there in me, but me, let's go back to like 16, 18, 22, 25, 27, 33, all the way up to 35. Okay. And I'm 40 now. So long story short, when I was a teenager, I was gosh, I was suicidal a lot. And it's kind of scary to say that out loud in front of a bunch of people, of course, because then it's like, oh, who's this person? Why should we listen to this person? But you should listen to me because I'm no longer suicidal. I actually just have so much joy in my heart authentically every day for life. And a lot of that happened because a lot of my suffering was because I didn't know the backstory behind my body, meaning the code, the coding, like your computer computer system is a code and you have code behind the scenes. And then that determines what shows up on the screen. Right. And if you have a little glitch in your code or another line of code down here and another glitch, another line, another glitch, then what shows up on the screen becomes a little fragged. Right. And so in my early life, I had a lot of anxiety. I didn't even know I had anxiety. I think a lot of people can relate to that where they're like, I don't know if it is anxiety or if it's called anxiety, but I feel like I'm on my tiptoes every day, kind of trying to be perfect all the time and need to feel like everything is kind of in place in order to kind of relax and feel okay, as opposed to life is going to happen and you're just relaxed and it's all okay no matter what. 
that's a healthy being, right? So I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of depression. I had acne all over my face, deep cystic acne all over my face. People look at me today and they're they're like, I, I would kill to have your skin. And I was like, yes, I used to be in that position where I would look at people and go, I would kill to have your skin. And I was actually overweight a little bit at one point in time. I was a gymnast in my early life. And then I ate a lot of pizza pockets and things like that and didn't know about health. And then I stopped doing gymnastics and gained like 70 pounds and at the age of 19 on a small frame, that's a lot. And then finally, at some point, somebody actually called me fat, one of my yoga teachers, because we were making a pyramid and I wanted to get on the top of the pyramid because I used to be a gymnast. And he was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, why not? And he's like, because you're fat. And I was like, I'm fat. I didn't even know. And so I, I I realized and I was like, oh, okay. And I went to the library and I got every single book I could on how to be well, how to be healthy, how to be thin, like how, not thin, but how to be healthy. I didn't like any of their viewpoints. So I took a little bit from each one and I created what I teach people today and I've taught thousands of people, which is called the balance plate method and basically teach humans how to feed their body properly with the right amount of foods, when and how, and that kind of thing. So it's pretty cool. So long story short, fast forward somewhere around age, oh my gosh, 27, got into a crazy car accident, drunk driver hit me. I had a really bad brain injury and broke a really important part of my neck and could hardly walk or talk or see for about oh. three years. So that was intense. And Long story short, what ended up changing my life the most in that moment, do you remember, I don't know, some of you read Eat, Pray, Love out there, and I hope you have, because that's an amazing book by Elizabeth Gilbert, who's one of my most inspirational authors that exists on the planet. So long story short, she got down on her knees and she prayed and she said, God, life, whatever entity is out there, help me. And it took her on a journey. And I thought, man, if she can do that in the bathroom somewhere, I'm going to try it too. So I said, God, life, Allah, Baba, Buddha, you know, universe, me, <laughs> you inverse, universe, you inverse. Yeah. What do I need? Help me because otherwise I'm going to take my life because I can't be in this much pain every day, all day. I literally couldn't stand up faster than a 90 year old. I couldn't walk faster than a 90 year old without passing out. And I had excruciating pain in my neck every day, which affected everything else in the rest of my body. And a woman sat across me, across from me in a Starbucks. And she goes, you're in a lot of pain, aren't you? I said, yeah. She goes, do you want some help with that? I said, yeah. She goes, do you think you can heal instantly? And I said, no. I said, but it sounds good. <laughs> and then she basically taught me how to dive into my subconscious mind to find the root cause of how everything has ever come to be in my existence. And what I learned is that when you have an experience, when you're a child, if you don't deal with it, that will show up in your adulthood. And I don't know who's listening to this podcast, but here's the first law of thermodynamics. Energy yeah. is never created or destroyed. So energy is never yeah. created or destroyed. It just changes forms. So if something happened to you in some point in your existence, it has no choice but to show up in this existence. So I'm just yes. going to let you all wrap your head around that in the way you want to. But that saved my life because I was able to actually go in and see where the root cause was of a lot of the suffering I was experiencing and change it from behind the scenes. So what showed up in my life, I could now operate from a, a perspective of choice as opposed to, to reaction and victimhood, I guess. Yeah. 
is really amazing. And then last little bit of the trauma story was that when I finished becoming a naturopathic doctor, I moved to New Zealand. I set up a practice there and then I became really ill and it wasn't something that happened overnight. It was something that was continuously gradually happening, but I didn't realize it until I did. And what I mean by ill was that like I had floaters in my eyes. My vision was going away. I had crazy migraines all the time, bloating, pain, numbness and tingling in my hands and my feet, memory loss. Like I couldn't remember the name of a hammer or remember sometimes when I was driving where I was going. My gosh, I, there's so many more pieces and parts to that. There was a lot of paranoia that happened and, and riddled with just complete angst in every moment. And I couldn't sleep. And my heart started racing at about 150 beats per minute, just sitting there every morning for five hours to the point where I was so exhausted. It's like, think about that 150 beats per minute for five hours. It's like running a marathon yeah. at your really high speed. Wow to the point where you're so exhausted that I literally couldn't lift my hand to like move my hair out of my face and my body almost shut down and my organs almost shut down. And the culprit was actually heavy metals. Okay. So they were embedded themselves in my heart and were actually making my heart race faster. And then also embedded myself in my brain to make all my neural tissue not function properly and in my digestive system and in my everywhere, 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 metals, bad. So long story short, in that regard, I ended up needing to figure out why did I get heavy metals in my body in the first place? Lead and mercury, cadmium and arsenic. Lead and mercury were off the chart when I finally got them tested and figured out. And what made me more susceptible than somebody else. And what I started diving into then was learning about epigenetics. So that's what I do now for people as a naturopathic doctor is I help them understand the backstory of why they, the root cause of their disease in the first place. So for me, my root cause is I have what's called a double MTHFRG mutation, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase basically means that Clark Kent needs a phone booth to turn into Superman to take the riffraff out. So my B vitamins don't necessarily turn into, because they don't have an enzyme to turn into active B vitamins. So they can't necessarily bind to the toxins that are in my body to carry them out. And then on top of that, I was celiac. I am celiac. So I was eating and you celiac people out there. You're going to want to listen to this one. I was <laughs> eating rice products, right? So I was eating rice cereal or rice crackers, rice pasta, because you eat rice as an alternative to wheat when you're celiac. Well, rice contains a lot of heavy metals and people go, what, really? Why? How? How does that work? Well, pesticides in farmers' fields contain heavy metals. Rainwater washes down into the rice patties. Rice doesn't know the difference. The rhizome doesn't know the difference between a mineral and a metal. And it soaks up all of the metals and then gets mulled down into rice products that you consume. And so my body had the, didn't have the ability to get rid of those things and was onboarding more than normal. And then that equaled this really bad problem of taking on heavy metals and almost dying. So fast forward, <laughs> that was three years ago. I had to move back from New Zealand and live with my mother at the age of 38 for a couple of years to get better. And I got what's called IV chelation. So it's basically IVs twice a week for two years to go into my arms, to pull the metals out which basically makes renders you like unfunctional. So I didn't, couldn't function for a couple of years. And then now 
I am functioning. I am alive. I am well. I am not overweight. I do not have acne. I do not have anxiety. I do not have depression. I do not have headaches. I do not have anything. And my life is I'm a well-being. Well-beings generally view the world from a perspective of feeling excited and joy and self-confidence and and this sort of thing. And it's all because I kind of figured out my code behind the scenes through my epigenetics to find out what my body was missing and then was able to give it to that. And then now I'm good. And now this is what I do with people. And I've done it with thousands of people all over the world. <laughs> that is super cool. Like I love everything you just said and it was so well articulated. <laughs> And you definitely totally give off the vibe of a, of a well-being. Like you, it's uh, it penetrates the energy field around me. So that's awesome. I can totally relate to your story. You know, just from the beginning up until where you are now. Because I, at one point in my life, I was suicidal, and I experienced a lot of those problems. I had a lot of physical health problems too. Not the same as yours. You know, I was overweight, almost three hundred pounds, and my symptoms were different. I had uh, like insulin resistance or type two diabetes, rosacea, some autoimmune reactions, like flare ups in my body, IBS or leaky gut. Stretch marks all over my body too. Like when I, not just from gaining weight, I don't think it was just from the weight gain because you know, I see people who gain more than 300 pounds that don't have stretch marks. I think it was my nourishment and stuff like, oh, okay. You, you had stretch marks at one point. No. Can I interject on that one? Yes, please. You, you potentially likely have a collagen synthesis gene mutation in your epigenetics, which makes it so that you don't make your collagen as healthy or strong as other people do, which then will lead to leaky gut, more okay. stretch marks, more injuries in your joints and degenerative disc problems as you get older and things like that. Okay, cool. And so what do you recommend for somebody who has problems with collagen synthesis? One, find out if you have that issue. So you yeah. test your epigenetics. It's a saliva test. You go through 23andMe, basically spit into a tube, and then they give you your results back. You send those results to me through email or whatever. And then we put it through my third-party medical reporting software. And then we can see, oh, there it is. You have a collagen synthesis issue, meaning that collagen is supposed to be a nice cross-linking fiber like this, nice and strong. Instead, yours might look like this. So I have this okay. issue. As well. And then that can lead to like leaky gut, IBS, all this kind of fun stuff. And it will also lead to skin issues too, because the barrier of the skin is not as healthy. Yeah. And, I, and I've had a lot of skin issues. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It will like lead to rosacea and stuff. And it can also lead to fibromyalgia because if you have little tiny, tiny poo particles rolling around in your system all the time, then they're going to embed themselves into your joints because that's the space where your organs aren't. So it's kind of shoving the dirt under the carpet, puts it into those places. So a lot of people come to me with rheumatoid arthritis or fibromyalgia or Hashimoto's thyroiditis actually have a collagen gene synthesis mutation. Okay. They, their gut is constantly leaking, which then they have to involve their immune system to deal with those leaky particles. Right. And you mentioned autoimmune as well. So long story short, if we figure it out, yep, there's that gene mutation again, through a simple saliva test, then we would give supportive factors in certain dosages. Not everybody should take this. So don't go do that people just because I said it on a podcast and this is information only, this is not yeah. medical advice. Okay. Yeah. 
But things like collagen and then the building blocks of collagen, like glycine and vitamin C, but you need the right dose and you need the right kind and you need to work with a professional to find that out for yourself. But that's, that would be what I would be kind of looking at trying to help somebody in that way. Okay, cool. And I wonder if that's why I was so like naturally pulled to bone broth and like high collagen foods. And I started eating way better, like just changing my diet, stop eating processed foods and just anything that I could to heal my gut. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have to make a comment on bone broth just because I almost died of heavy metal poisoning. Heavy metals. Yeah. You got to be careful where you get your bone broth. Make sure that it's been evaluated for heavy metals because bones carry lead in any creature. So yeah. Exactly. So what, what would somebody do if like, you know, somebody might be listening to this right now and we might as well just say this while we're talking about it because somebody might be like, Oh crap. Like what's wrong with me? Like I have this symptom and that symptom, maybe it's heavy metals. Like what, like, I know you said to go get the test, but like, what would somebody do? Like, what did you, what did you do once you get that test? Like, can somebody stop it before it gets to the point where, where it got you when you were in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like the whole thing that I am so passionate about now is epigenetics and prevention, right? Because yeah. if we can just basically see the manual in which our body comes with, then we can literally prevent a lot of disease from happening. In fact, like my own father, you want to talk about story. My own father would be alive today. He died at the age of 53 from a massive heart attack that we could have, in my estimation, totally prevented. And it wasn't just from diet and lifestyle. It was because he had, I had to get my MTHFR gene mutation from somewhere. I got it from him. So again, if we can't turn non-active B vitamins into active B vitamins, then we can go backwards. And this builds up something in the blood vessels called homocysteine and homocysteine can build up and cause plaques. And my dad died of a massive widowmaker heart attack, right? Which is a massive Mm. plaque off, block the blood vessels. If we had known this from the get-go, from the time he was young, we could have administered those B vitamins to him, push the pathway this way instead of this way. And he may not have made those plaques to begin with, and then he would still be alive, right? So in terms of you, your question was kind of asking, can we prevent these things from happening if we know about them? And the answer is yes. Yeah. So what does somebody do to to prevent it? Like what would they eat? What would they, what supplements would they take? Yeah. So I am not that person that's going to sit here and tell you all the things that you should take because I do not believe in blanket medicine. I believe in individualized medicine. And in order to get individualized medicine, you need to get your own understanding of your own blueprint, right? Once we can see the blueprint, then we can point and go, oh, you're one of those people that has this, 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 and this. Now we can give you this, 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 and this, right? And the things we typically end up giving are nutrients. Crazy enough. So I'll give, I'll give you a quick example. So with rosacea, right? And with me with acne. And let me just kind of like give you more of a backstory. So it makes a bit more sense too, in terms of what I'm talking about. So I mentioned that behind the scenes, you have code. And so in a computer system, you have zeros and ones. And if you had a zero where there was supposed to be a one, you could have a glitch. And then again, another line of code, another glitch. We kind of mentioned that already. So in your body, you have lines of code that are your DNA. 
So your DNA is made up of four proteins. You know how we have phone numbers and how there's an infinite amount. There's, a, there's only a few numbers, but it makes up an infinite amount of numbers for people. Yeah. The same thing with your DNA. You've got four proteins, adenine, cysteine, taurine, and guanine, A, C, T, and G. And it makes up all of your proteins. And so it could be like protein for, I don't know, vitamin A is like A, 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 C, T, G, 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 C, G, T, T, T. But say there's an A where there's supposed to be a T. Now you could have a problem. You could have a little glitch. And then again, another line, another G where there's supposed to be a T, you could have another glitch and something else. And so this is where I kind of explain to people when they come to see me that you're kind of like a giant Plinko board. Okay. So like price is right. So when you have that Plinko board, you put a chip in at the top and it goes do, 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 and it filters down through and you get something out at the bottom and you could get like $5,000, no dollars, whatever it is. And it's random in Plinko. In your body, it's not random. There are pathways for everything. And when you put food, drink, nutrients in at the end, you're supposed to get something out. And so, for example, you have pathways for everything. You have pathways to make vitamin A, pathways to make B vitamins, pathways to make D, C, E, pathways to make glutathione and superoxide dismutase, which are your janitors, which clean the inside of your body. If your janitors are screwed up, you will have chronic inflammation and autoimmune disease. It's just the way it works because you don't have anybody to go and clean up the particles of stuff that your immune system is reacting to. So, and then you have pathways for dopamine and serotonin. You have pathways for gut. There's actually a gene mutation where you don't make enough gut flora because you don't have the carbohydrate to feed the gut flora. So they just don't survive. So those are my people that have IBS. And so long story short, if you put food or drink in, but you have a little bumper in the way, say in the vitamin A pathway. Now your chip can't go all the way through and you can't get made what you want to have made. Or your chip goes in, but gets shunted off to a different direction. And now you get made something you don't want to have made. In the case of my father who made homocysteine and that caused arteries to build up with plaques. So, so long story short, every pathway has its own purpose. So what does vitamin A do? Answer me this, Jordan. What's the number one treatment that people get for acne? Do you know that's on the market? Antibiotics. Antibiotics? That's one of them for sure. Like, like I know, like, it's, and then I don't know what the other ones are. Yeah, because there's a treatment. It's called Accutane. Yeah, right? Accutane. But isn't, isn't there antibiotics in that or something else? No, Accutane is high-dose retinol. So high-dose okay. vitamin A, right? So the reason okay. why this high dose vitamin A works is because most of these people will be having the problem in the first place because they have a gene mutation, a little bumper in that vitamin A pathway. So they're not making any vitamin A. So then what our medical system does is just goes and revs on the gas and gives high dose vitamin A that can be toxic to the liver, cause a lot of issues. And can only be used for like six months to a year at its time. And then people's acne comes back. If they were just able to pop the hood, look underneath and go, oh, you have an, a vitamin A gene mutation. Let's give you low dose vitamin A over a long period of time. And we'll watch your skin become really clear. And this is for anybody that has psoriasis, eczema, acne. Did I say rosacea already? Yeah. Um, so all of these and dandruff. Vitamin A takes care of dry eyes. 
dry skin, cracks on the heels, cracks on the fingers. It also helps maintain the intestinal wall barrier and integrity of the mucosal glands, like in your oh. sinuses, a lot of sinus issues. So we can see clearly, like once we do this testing with somebody, I will go through and I'll ask them all these questions and I'll say, do you have dry eyes? Do you have skin issues? Do you have these digestive issues? Do you have acne, psoriasis, rosacea? And they're like, check, 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 check. And I see a vitamin A gene mutation that I'm like, you should be taking some vitamin A. Now this needs to come with a warning. Okay. Guys, do not just go and be like, I have acne. I need to take vitamin A. This is not how it works because acne is toxic or sorry, <laughs> acne is toxic, but vitamin A is toxic at high doses at the wrong doses for the wrong amount of time. And you can cause your liver to shut down. So do not just go take vitamin A, go see a professional and find out how much, what dose for your specific body. And also vitamin A can cause birth defects in childbearing women. So don't just go take vitamin A willy nilly. Okay. Again, information purposes, not yeah. medical information. Yeah. That's so, that's so fascinating. All of this just fascinates me how we can just, like you said, yeah, look under is. the hood and just like have the technology to see what's going on in our genetics. Like I find that so fascinating. I've been wanting to do that for a while. Uh, my mom actually said she was going to get me that for a Christmas present last year. She never did. <laughs> Moms forget sometimes. It was one of those things like at, you know, Christmas morning, she's like, yeah, I'll buy that for you. And she just never did. <laughs> but yeah. okay, I'll have to get it done. I, what comes to mind is I wonder if I was intuitively craving sweet potatoes because my body needed vitamin A. That's an interesting one. And I don't know the answer to that one necessarily because here's the problem with the vitamin A gene mutation. What's happening there is that your beta carotene doesn't necessarily have the enzyme to convert into active retinol, active vitamin A. Okay. So if that's the case, there's two schools of thoughts. One, skip trying to put this one in and just give the active form. Mm -hmm. The other is add higher amounts of this and you may be able to get some more out of it, um, depending because it's not a hundred percent what's called, it's not a hundred percent down regulation. Down regulation means just like some can get through. So if you put more in, maybe more will come out. Okay. Is it a different genetic marker that tells us if we can convert beta carotene to vitamin yeah, A? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. There's, it's called a BCMO1 gene. And basically okay. you see that and we see like, oh, you have a BCMO1 problem or you don't. And if you have a BCMO1 problem, that means that you could have a 30 to 50% reduction in your ability to turn beta carotene into vitamin A. And then that would equal all of those kind of skin issues, eye issues, eyesight getting worse, night vision getting worse. I've actually had a couple patients be able to get their vision back. That's cool. Mm. So when I say vision back, I don't mean completely, but I've had three or four patients now go to their ophthalmologist and then come back and say that they gained, the most they've gained is 2.5 points back on their eyesight. Okay, that's amazing. Which is huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, so cool. Like, what? Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, it's quite amazing the changes that can happen when we give our body what it needs and take away what's harming it. It's amazing. It's amazing. I always say that the balance of disease is how many particles of crap are floating around versus how much stuff do you have to deal with those particles of crap, crap floating around, right? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, because I mean, we kind of live in a toxic world and we're exposed to toxins in every way, shape or form. And our body is capable of processing that. But it's such an overload that we just like can't after a while, you know. Some bodies are capable. Some bodies are not. Yeah. Right. But 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 I mean. Is somebody really capable, like if they're getting toxins in like every way, shape or form from what they're eating, what they're around, if they smoke, if there's like, I, I don't know, if they're living in like a toxic area or something like, and then it's their whole life. Like, is I don't know, is there any way, is somebody's there body able to. Portion of the population that yes, they're like fine. They, they can handle it. Yeah, okay. It's like a 2% of the population just has the, the perfect epigenetic mix to be able to handle that. Like so, all of their antioxidants are working, all their B vitamins are working, all their digestive lines are working, like all this stuff is working. And they're just like, yeah, I smoke and drank until I was like 103 and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that too. Like so and then just... there's a bunch of us who are a bit more fragile, you know, yeah. and then we have to figure out our stuff and become well beings. Yeah, exactly. And I guess by giving your body what it needs, you and you become more resilient to those things. Yes. Yeah, it, this bring this conversation brings a lot to mind because my mom is only 47 and she had a heart attack when she was 31 and I'm 30. So I'm like, holy crap, I'm glad I changed my life when I was 27 because mm -hmm. that could be me. That could have been me. And on top of that, this conversation makes me wonder, she probably has some things in her genetic markers that like, I probably also have that I should get looked at. But more importantly, I wonder like if she had a, like, if, if there had been those tests that existed when she was like 20 and she had gotten one, if she could have had prevented that heart attack. And that's not even the craziest part. She had a heart attack when she was 31, but last year at the age of 46, or maybe she was 47, maybe she's 48 now. I don't know. Sorry, mom, if you're listening, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she had a heart valve failure basically like her heart valve was just was enlarged yeah and was it a mitral it, valve pardon you know if it was a mitral valve no it was her aortic main, it was her aortic valve okay her yep. aortic valve and yeah it was like so narrowed and her heart was only functioning at like literally 30%. She was at the point where she could like die in her sleep type yep. thing. Like she like needed a, a surgery like yesterday when she found out she actually should have found out like a year prior, but just like the doctor kind of failed to tell her. And actually she would have known near years prior. Cause like she had been getting tests, you know, they go for the uh, stress test for her heart periodically and she should have known a long time ago that her, her valve was starting to get worse. Wasn't at the point where she needed surgery back then, but you know, maybe she could have done something about it. Maybe she would have felt more apt to get her DNA tested or something. I don't know, but it makes me wonder. Now they said that her heart valve problem, because it's so weird, because she's 47, it's kind of like, like they were like, it's, it's, it, this never happens basically. Like it's very rare yeah. for this to happen. Well, and it happen. And I was, I was going to comment on that and say that it, it's, that one is pretty rare for it yeah. to occur. So yeah. Yeah. And so it actually, I wish I remembered the 
sickness she had when she was younger that they say was like the cause of it. Oh, my girlfriend's in the room. Rheumatic fever. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Rheumatic fever. So (laughs) yeah, thank you. (laughs) Rheumatic fever. So have you heard about this before? Yeah. Rheumatic fever is, is not so great. And you can get the same thing from strep throat actually. So if you get strep throat, make sure you take care of it. People meaning antibiotics or natural antibiotics, either one long story short, it can cause bacteria to migrate to your heart, which then can damage the heart valves. Yeah. And so that's apparently what happened to her, which is crazy. So is there even any genetic markers and tweaking of her diet (laughs) and lifestyle that could have helped that? Not necessarily something in that regard, but I will point this out. So if you happen to have a gene mutation in say your vitamin A pathway or your D, your C, or your zinc, then that will compromise your immune system. You will have a lower immune system and that, and then predispose you to having greater infections and, and whatnot. The number one thing that I see, oh gosh, there's so many kids out there that I wish I could, I could help with prevention with this, where their parents will take them repeatedly again and again and again to the doctor to get antibiotics because they have ear infections or throat infections. And so what's really interesting is that your head is like a castle and your mouth is the moat, your nose are the windows, your ears are the windows, and your zinc is your guards that protect those areas. And if you have a zinc epigenetic mutation, then you will have less zinc available. So less guards available to protect you in those areas. And you will be the kid that has the repeated ear infections, the repeated have to get your tonsils out or whatever. And if we were able to see that when those kids were young, we would be able to provide them with a little bit of extra zinc and we could probably circumnavigate them having to take so many antibiotics and ruining their gut flora and helping them not be in so much pain from having so many ear infections and throat and nose infections. Wow. That's interesting. Do you think that, do you think that in the future we'll get to the point where we will test our genetic markers as often as people get blood work? I hope so. I hope so. Oh gosh. You know <laughs> you know what like is really kind of uh I hate to say this out loud, but we all know it. A lot of the problems, so I'm actually writing a book right now on epigenetics. So like, but making it fun, like I'm the way I'm kind of talking about it, like castle head moat, not like, you know, scientists nerdy so that people can actually understand and utilize it in their lives. And I've been doing a lot of research. And unfortunately, in the research that I've been finding that is funded by interesting parties, A lot of it is saying these gene mutations don't cause this or don't cause that. And vitamins are actually harmful. And if you kind of follow the trail back, you realize that they're literally being funded by people who are manufacturing the opposite of vitamins. And so in one way, I don't see how this information can't get out because it's so useful for helping people be healthy but I don't know that we live in a system that necessarily wants people to be healthy because I yeah. think it values profits over people actually being well. So there's that. And I'll leave that on the yeah, table. Yeah. Unf- unf- unfortunately. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point, but you know, 
Luckily, there's lovely people like yourself who are spreading the message. Working hard here. <laughs> spreading it through Working this podcast. Hard. I'm I hope I don't get killed for it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, that you're writing a book though. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's called hashtag MTHFR. So it oh, actually like so because of this MTHFR gene mutation, it's yeah. one of the ones that's tied to anxiety and depression. It's one of the leading causes of anxiety and depression. And people go and they take an anti-anxiety medication, not recognizing that they actually have a B vitamin problem and that they could actually use B vitamins. And then people go, well, I used B vitamins before. And then I ask them, always ask them, what kind of B vitamins did you use? Oh, well, I got it off the shelf. Yes. Well, the ones that are off the shelf, just so everybody knows, are Clark Kent. Clark Kent is not Superman, right? Yeah. So the ones on the shelf have not been converted into active B vitamins yet. So they are not able to do their job in about 50% of the population because about 50% of the population has these MTHFR gene mutations or B vitamin, B12, B6, choline, and they all work on a loop together. So if you can't make yeah. one, you can't make the others. So, you know, people are like, oh, I took B12 before. And it didn't give me any energy, didn't give me any help. My anxiety didn't help my digestion or anything like that. And I'm like, no, that's because they all need to work together. And it depends on which gene mutation you have, if you're getting them or not. So work with the professional people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you're saying all this valuable yeah. information. Are you a fan of Dr. Bruce Lipton? I was actually went to bed the other night listening to a talk that he was giving on Gaia. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I really appreciate his desire to keep asking why and finding the answers to those questions. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause he said, correct me if I'm wrong, but his philosophy and what he talks about is epigenetics, which is, you know, the gene markers that we might find through a test through 23andMe and so on and so forth, that they can be turned on and off based off our lifestyle habits and environment. Is that true? Or do you, do you feel there's some merit to it or depends or? I'm not or no? certain that that's exactly how it, it, it works necessarily. Uh, I'm sure because he does a lot of research, right? And he does it himself. Yeah. From my experience, what I've seen, because I have worked with thousands of people, I will get their genetic information and they will come with a set of kind of instructions, I guess. Now, for example, I'll give you a really cool example. I have a couple of patients who grew up in a home that was just really happy, really, really wonderful. And I will look at their epigenetics and I will think you must have anxiety. You must have digestive issues and you must have a lot of pain in your joints. And I'll ask them those questions and they'll say, no, no, no. And then I'll ask them, did you grow up in a really good home? Did you have a lot of love? Did you have everything you needed? Did you have any like anxiety or stress or abandonment or anything like that? And they're like, no, I just grew up in a really great home with a lot of love. And I'm like, uh-huh. Okay. So they came in with the makeup that they came in with, but it's kind of like having a light switch on the wall. Just because you have a light switch doesn't necessarily mean that it's turned on. And yeah. so- they haven't necessarily had triggering stresses to cause their epigenetics to 
what you would call, I guess, express themselves. So the way I kind of think about it like this is, and a lot of people will have what they'll go into deficit states, meaning when you're growing, a lot of people will start to have problems around say age seven, age 11, age 21. Those are really, really big growth stages. Women, when they get pregnant, they'll be like, yeah, I never had this before until I got pregnant. Now I have it. Well, you were growing a lot of things, using a lot of cells, a lot of, of resources. And so if the resources, if the light switches are all kind of down here and the resources dip, then those light switches get triggered. Then the question begs, can we turn those light switches off if we give the, the proper resources to them? To, to raise those levels back up again. And what I've experienced is that we can kind of take away the problem that the light switch being on is causing. But if we still test again, that light switch is still there. And if the people stop their treatments, oftentimes their problems will come back. So I don't necessarily know that we can change it for good. My hope, my hope, 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 is that if we provide the nutrients that the people are missing to bring them up to an abundant state, then they don't experience the problem. And then maybe when they have kids, that won't get passed forward because their body will be in a in an abundant state as opposed to a deficit state. So that would be so I don't I don't know if it's I don't know if it's as simple as you're having a problem your light switch gets turned on, you raise the levels, the light switch gets, gets turned off. I think it still stays on, but you're facilitating things in a different pathway. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to best describe that, but I definitely have heard what you're talking about. And that's kind of like the word on the block is like your epigenetics are the gun and the environment pulls the trigger, right? That's the one that people say a lot. And it it is true, but we think this magical thinking that we can just all of a sudden turn that gene back off again or stop it from expressing itself. And for me, the buck is not out on that one yet. I'm not hundred percent sure that we can stop it from expressing itself, but we can stop the, the problem that it's having. Does that make sense? Absolutely. All that makes sense. And it was very well said. It, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. When, what you were describing with the, I don't know which gene it was that you said, but you know, I definitely check a lot of boxes of what you were saying, like the mental health problems. I was diagnosed with some different ones. I was medicated for them for five years of my life when I was at the age of 19 till the age of 24, 25 or whatever it was. And I had asthma, like I said, the gut problems, skin problems, and even like too much information, erectile dysfunction when I was younger too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure they kind of, there's probably some gene that was related to all that. The interesting part to me is how I have reversed all those problems, at least that I'm aware of, you know, on the surface level. It's like, I, I like to think that my connection to my intuition and being aware of my body, I'm super aware of my body. I'm a massage, I'm a massage therapist as well. Mm -hmm. And I've just always tra been trained to like, listen to what's going 
going on in my body, listen to what it needs, recognizing a craving, like what your body, meaning what your body needs versus a compulsion, what your mind wants or what mm-hmm. the food, what the food porn world is telling you to buy. And so that's interesting to me. I, I'm still going to get my genes tested. I'm still super excited to get this done, but that's so yeah. fascinating. I always say to people, like, I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you. And you know what? One of the big things that Bruce Lipton does talk about is how interfacing with your world in a way that produces chemicals in your system. My nose is so, and when I talk a lot, my nose gets itchy just because I move my face and then my nose gets really itchy. Oh. <laughs> it happens, no but it does. And every time I'm talking, I'm like, ah, I just need to do. So, what I just said was Bruce Lipton talks a lot about chemicals and how like your own chemical factory and how the cascade starts in your brain and goes down through your body to trigger everything happening. Right. That is the technical version of what is stress. Okay. Because everybody's like, yeah, stress causes all the diseases. Stress causes whatever. But no one actually knows. No one ever can put what is stress. What are the words that actually are, are stress? It is literally like a, a, a feeling perception inside of your brain that triggers a bunch of chemical reactions to then cause a bunch of things to ha- occur, right? And so we can very much change our physiological self by changing our perspectives of life, by changing our things that we're taking on, levels of stress, right? By becoming intuitive and aware of what our body's needs are. So to kind of eliminate physiological stress, right? So there, there is definitely ways that we can change and alter how our body functions through those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, I'm all about the mind of the matter, mind over matter, and you know, just developing that rock solid mindset. I, I do believe there's some merit to the placebo. You know, I've read Joe Dispenza's books and some Dr. Bruce Lipton stuff, and you know, all that stuff. So I believe there is some merit to it. I don't know if it's like, you know, the one thing that will cure everything. I think it's just part of the puzzle. You know, there's no one thing that will cure everything. Yeah, and somebody says then it's the wrong thing yeah. because we're all individuals we all have different individual needs and uh, yeah I think for the people I think for the people like I have a number of people who have had say like addictions or addictive personalities or have problems with you know having repetitive self-deprecating thoughts and they've done everything that they can to try to think well thoughts right But when I go and look at the backstory of their epigenetics, I'm like, you don't have any dopamine. You don't have any serotonin. Like you you don't get rid of your toxins. So you have a lot of stuff causing a lot of inflammation in your brain. And then you literally don't have any of the feel-good brain chemicals to like help you actually uh, not crave all of those carbohydrates, right? Because when we don't have enough serotonin in our brain, we will reach outside of ourselves and grab any cookie, any cake, any anything, especially at nighttime, because serotonin helps us sleep. 
And so if we want to go to sleep, we will go eat those things so that we can get enough serotonin to actually cause our body to get calm, to go to bed. But when we can see the backstory, we can actually offer those things in a more healthful way that doesn't have the side effect of causing you like to get fat or cardiovascular disease or type two diabetes or anything like that. And we can give the body those things. Like I, there's so many people that I didn't even realize this, but when I first started, it was just so amazing. I had this one woman, I'm going off on a tangent, but I love this story. I had one girl come in and she allowed me to share her story. She was 16. She had a meth addiction. She had acne and rosacea. She had digestive issues. She had joint pain, headaches, all this fun stuff. And anyways, I was able to see the backstory of her epigenetics and realize like this girl doesn't, and she had a pot addiction too. I was like, you have no dopamine, like, and you have lower adrenaline. So no wonder you're reaching for methamphetamines to actually try to give you some energy to get you through the day. And so once we were able to give her something that provides dopamine and we were able to give her something that provides her with a little bit more adrenaline, then her body, she came back like six months later and I was like, so how's your relationship with that really crappy guy? And she's like, yeah, he's gone, <laughs> right? Because when we have low dopamine, we also will reach for crappy relationships because people who are unavailable actually spur our dopamine, which is kind of funny. And then, you know, I was like, how's the, oh, she smokes cigarettes too. And I was like, are you still smoking cigarettes? She's like, no. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. And then finally I got down to it. I'm like, how's the meth addiction? Like, you don't want to ask somebody that because you're afraid that they're going to be like, yeah, I still have it. She's like, I don't even do that anymore. And I didn't even try to make myself stop. I just don't do it. Really? And I was totally... And then I was like, whoa, okay, this is something. And then I started working with more patients that have addictions and seeing their backstory and their epigenetics and then providing them the stuff that they were missing all along. And alcoholics, their alcoholism literally dropped away. People smoking cigarettes, that dropped away. People smoking weed, that's just dropped away without them having to go through like 12-step programs, recondition their brain, try to become a better human, force themselves, fight with themselves. And none of that, nope, just dropped away effortlessly. And I was like, there's something here. This is cool. Okay. That's so amazing to me. Isn't that incredible? That. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of mental health and anxiety and addictions can be solved by looking at our genetic markers. So you're yeah. definitely selling this for me and probably anybody else is listening. <laughs> they really can. They really can. And, and what I, what I also noticed is that someone like you who has worked really hard to and myself too, like to really lift that heavy weight every day of trying to feel good. Right. And then you have to like basically put your mind through mental gymnastics to make yourself feel good because you just don't. <laughs> and if you don't do that, then you will feel depressed and anxious and sad and scared. And, and so then I used to do a ton of yoga and a ton of meditation and a ton of like all these, I'm walking in the woods all the time and all this stuff to make myself and I've done a lot of like mindset work and whatnot to make myself feel better. But then when I finally figured out the backstory, instead of all of that being an effort I needed to do in order to feel okay, I now am like on cloud nine because I, I lifted that heavy weight for so many years that I got really strong in that area. And now I have that strength coupled with the backstory up. And I'm just like literally filled with energy and joy most days and people are like what the heck is that girl on and it's like 
<laughs> yeah, well, you so, earned it, it sounds like. Yes, definitely. Definitely. But it's available for anybody. So and no, it's it's yeah. So it's combining both things together really, really gets you mm. to optimal places, I guess, is kind of the moral of the story. Yeah. One question I wanted to ask is when you found out you had all that heavy metal buildup was it in your heart you said it was all in my body all through my whole it was all, body all through okay all through your whole body it did go to my heart for sure yeah okay yeah all through your whole body what did they do to detox you of that because you know i see a lot of people maybe promoting or using external supplements like nac glutathione alpha folk acid and stuff like that to detox the body are those efficient in detoxing of heavy metals or maybe just to a certain extent or were you just beyond that point where that would have helped that's do my you know, question do you know what my answer is going to be can you can you just you'd have you'd have to get tested to know if that would work or not do which ones are going to be most beneficial for you okay so there are people who will have so here's a kicker here's a real kicker there are so many people out there eating broccoli, right? Why yes. do we eat broccoli? We eat broccoli because broccoli is anti-cancer and it's detoxing and it produces glutathione, which is detoxing and, and all this stuff, right? And any kind of detox supplement that you see out there is going to have milk thistle, broccoli sprouts. And like you said, NAC, alpha lipoic acid, all of those things. So there is a gene mutation, okay, that's highly linked to anxiety attacks, everybody. In case you are wondering about why you have panic attacks and no one can figure this out, this is the reason. So there's a, a good number. I would say like 40 to 60% of my patients have a CBS mutation. So CBS, cystathione beta synthase. What does this mean? It means that you, when you eat something with sulfur in it, broccoli, cabbage, kale, onions, Brussels sprouts, garlic, and you make a stir fry with that thinking like, I'm going to be really healthy tonight. I'm going to eat this really good food and you eat it and you wake up in the morning and you are in a sweat. Like your heart is racing. You're in a sweat. You're fingers feel numb. Your head feels like buzzy. You feel kind of like off center. You kind of have like a bit of dizziness or vertigo. Your stomach feels upset, heart palpitations, whatever it happens to be. Well, what happens is these people don't convert sulfur to glutathione, which is what would make it anti-cancer and helpful. Instead, they have a little bumper in that pathway and they convert it over to ammonia. And that ammonia is poison. What happens when you have poison in your body and in your brain? Your body will dilate your blood vessels. You'll start to sweat. Your heart will beat faster, right? So that racing heart, your brain can't think straight because you, you think about you on alcohol. Your brain gets all foggy. Your balance gets kind of thrown off. You feel like really weird, tingly in your body. So literally people are having an ammonia overload. Those are my patients that are having anxiety attacks. And then the Western medical situation is giving them an anti-anxiety medication, which is not what they need. What they need is to have sulfur greatly reduced in their diet so that they're not overloading their brain and their body on ammonia. And then things to bind to ammonia if they happen to eat it. 
And I have a hundred percent reduction in panic attacks doing this. It's wow. crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. And like, no doctor knows this. This yeah. is the thing that blows my mind. Like nobody knows this is why I'm writing a book because I'm like, well, yeah, no, not many people know this. Information. <laughs> I only know about this stuff because I just binge listen to so many podcasts. And when I found out that somebody local, you does it, I was like, this is exciting. Like I need to get you on my podcast to talk about this because this is so cool. And I want to learn more about it. So, okay. So the, the original question that you asked me about was, are those things good to detox? Like NAC? Yeah, yeah. yeah. NAC is pretty benign. It's not going to screw up anybody's gene mutations too much. Alpha I, I, can I interrupt you there for a minute? NAC, and when I take it, I get joint pain. It like okay. causes causes inflammation in my body. So that kind of tells me that there's a possibility potentially that you have a sulfur gene mutation because NAC has to go through a couple transitions before it yeah. turns into glutathione. So it's higher up the pathway. So you might do better with glutathione because it's already gone through its sulfur conversions. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and same with like alpha lipoic acid is filled with sulfur. Milk thistle is filled with sulfur. Dim. methane also has sulfur components in it those are all detox so if somebody has a cbs mutation wants to go detox they're gonna feel horrible on that and this is why for my own self you asked me about detox with heavy metals i had a really hard time because the chelation agent c-h-e-l-a-t-o-n chelation is like the thing that binds to metals and takes them out of your body it is highly sulfur based it's dimethyl sulfur something or EDTA, something, something sulfur. And so I would literally feel like I was dying when I got treatments and I couldn't function for like four or five days afterwards. And I didn't know this until after I was done my treatments. And then I finally learned about the sulfur gene mutation. And I, I would have, could have, and should have had sulfur support, meaning something like ornithine to bind to the ammonia in my body that the sulfur was creating. Yeah, that's really interesting. Can I answer your question a bit, yeah, I guess? Yeah, it does. I've taken alpha lipoic acid and stuff, and I don't find it affects me like NAC does. NAC, like, I'm just like, what the heck? Like, it feels like something zapped from, like, my joints or something. I don't even know. Maybe it's, like, the excess production of antioxidants that it becomes a pro-oxidant or something. Like, I don't even know what it is, but I can't take NAC anymore. So... I just avoid that. But I'm the more we talk, the more I want to get my genes tested. And question that some people might be thinking right now is can I get my kids tested? I have three kids myself, ages 12, 9, and 7. So can they get tested too? Is this safe and easy for everybody to do? Look like you have three kids. That's awesome. I love that. You're <laughs> doing all right. You look good. Like you healthy and vibrant. And so that, that makes me excited for your kids that they have a healthy, vibrant dad. That's awesome. Good job, dad. Try my best. Um, Pun intended. Yes. hundred percent. I actually have two kids coming to see me on Friday and their mother, which is really exciting. So I would say kids past seven years old, seven to like, say 12 is probably a, a good age to do things like this 
depending though, like if your child is a child that does have repeated ear infections or whatnot, you can do it early, like as early as they can spit in a tube, you can do this to find out what's going on. I do love working with kids in this because then we can know preventatively what they might experience in their lives. Like I'll give one other example. Do you have all boys or girls or girls? All or boys. All boys. Okay, yeah. this example is not going to land that well. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example I could give with boys. Here's a great example. Work with a couple of boys actually and was able to, they're, they're having trouble in school. And I was able to go in and look in their genes and be like, yeah, of the four markers that you're supposed to have for dopamine, three of them are non-functioning, which means that you're not really getting any dopamine, which means that you're going to end up with ADD, right? And what's really interesting, this gets a little bit complex, but I'll try to make it as simple as possible. There's a marker for dopamine. There's a marker for stimulant sensitivity, and there's a marker for adrenaline. So if a child has low dopamine, but they have a stimulant sensitivity, they are not a candidate for Ritalin or any kind of nutraceutical or sorry, pharmaceutical that's going to have an amphetamine in there. So those are the kids that will come back and that they'll say like, I feel like I am like when I take my ADD medication, it's not the right fit for them because they have a stimulant sensitivity gene. Or if they have a gene which makes it so they have higher adrenaline, those higher adrenaline people, by the way, are the CEOs of companies that <laughs> are the ones that never stop and can stay up, wake up at five in the morning and go until midnight and get up and do it over and over and over again. I guarantee Bill Gates has a, an adrenaline gene. So long story short, if they had, say, an adrenaline gene where they have excess adrenaline already, and you give them a method, you give them an amphetamine that's mixed in with the Ritalin because that's what it is. It's a dopamine and amphetamine. That's what ADD medication is. They're going to feel literally like they're. But if I see a child that has low dopamine and also low adrenaline, they're a perfect candidate for an amphetamine and Ritalin dopamine combination pharmaceutical. So it's kind of neat that we can really get specific on who's really supposed to be having what. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I, sounds like this is a missing puzzle piece to a lot of people's lives. I walk down the street daily and see people because I'm trained to see where the disease is in them, whether it's like under their eyes, on their skin, their acne, their hair falling out. Little white spots in the fingernails indicates a zinc deficiency. So I'm trained to see all these things and I see them everywhere. And I'm like, I could help you. I could help you. I can help you. <laughs> like we could, we could really change something here. I have like a 96% success rate in my practice. And it's, it's wow. like, not to say like, oh, I'm so great or anything like that. Like, it's not about me. It's about like, this is why I said yes to this podcast. Cause we need more people to have this information in their hands. Yes, absolutely. The era where we take back our power and take back our, our ability to be healthy well-beings. Right. And I, I believe that a healthy well-being, a healthy well-individual creates a healthy well-family, 
right? And then a well, well family creates a well community, well community creates well society. And then we can have a well world where we literally walk around feeling like there's rainbows around us every day because we are well inside. And that's then what we project outside. Well, beautifully said. I just want to, I have a couple of questions before we wrap it up. Just, I know we covered a lot of relatable topics today, but could somebody who has really bad sleep problems, for instance, I had this client, she's a massage therapy client and she's the patient that has tried everything, listened to everything the doctor said, does all the classic sleep remedies, shutting off the lights three hours before bed and like melatonin, you name it. Like she's, she's done it. And is there a gene marker that she could be missing or that could be causing that? that There isn't one that's directly related to sleep. Yeah. However, if a person has that adrenaline gene mutation and they're not sleeping, like that would be a place that I would go look at and go, okay, melatonin isn't going to cut it for that person. They need something that's going to speed up the sink which is really weird, but your adrenaline gene mutation is like a sink yeah. and it's called catecholamine methyltransferase, whatever, whatever. But it basically decrees whether or not the sink runs fast, which means that you will have lower adrenaline, lower dopamine and lower estrogen, or the sink runs normal. You have normal amounts. Or if the sink has a hairball in it, then you're going to have higher adrenaline, higher dopamine, higher estrogen and whatever problems go along with that. So then what I would do is I would look at trying to help remove that hairball through things like S-adenosylmethionine, so SAMe, as well as magnesium bisglycinate. So different nutrients that aren't necessarily in sleep formulations, but that can help the actual root cause of the problem. That's super cool. Yeah. And next one would be for the coffee drinkers. I know there's a certain gene marker that determines whether or not we can metabolize caffeine efficiently? Yep. I love this question. So people ask me all the time, is coffee healthy or is it not healthy? And I'm like, well, depends who you are, right? Depends what your makeup is. There are definitely some people that have a problem with caffeine and what happens is they won't metabolize it as well. So this means that if they were to have one cup of coffee, it would actually be the same as if they had two cups of coffee. Because again, their sink runs slowly. So their caffeine stays in their system longer, recirculates more, causes more like, right? So these are the people that can't drink coffee past 3 p.m. And can't drink more than one cup of coffee because they're like bouncing off the walls. If not, so I always say for those people, drink decaf because a decaf is like the qu- a quarter cup of coffee, the amount of caffeine in it, which will actually equal a cup for them. And then there's other people that have the combo gene mutation, if they're to drink more than two cups of coffee a day, then they're more at risk for adverse cardiovascular events. So we can definitely see whether or not that's a thing for people. And then I have alternatives to coffee for people that want that, which is, I have such a good thing. It increases nitric oxide in the brain, which increases your ability to cognitively function. And it does it through vegetables. Oh, cool. That sounds fascinating. I want to try that. <laughs> I actually just recently quit coffee and I love coffee. I don't, I never really drank it for energy. I just love the experience of it, the aroma, the taste, the friend that I have with me in the morning. I actually quit because 
I have had heartburn problems for the last year to the point where it affected my voice. I'm a singer. I play in a band and I'm doing it more and more professionally. And yeah, that I just like need to take care of that. So I decided I want to cut out everything possible that could contribute to heartburn, but I still have it. Could there be a gene affecting me? A gene Absolutely. marker affecting me? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So again, that collagen gene mutation is going to lead to any tissue. This is one that I didn't even realize until about six months ago. I finally included it and I have this one. And and I finally was like, I went back to the drawing board. I was like, why do I still have digestive issues? What is going on? And I went in my genes and I was like frustrated. And I was like, it's got to be in here somewhere. Where is it? Where at? I was like, I didn't actually research this one enough, but I researched it more and realized that 90% of your intestinal tract is made up of collagen. So if that's the case, your lower esophageal sphincter, if you have more lax collagen, will be more lax, right? It'll be more relaxed. Mm. So again, helping to increase collagen synthesis to make it stronger and more vital is one way. The other aspect of it is you could have what's called a foot two gene mutation. And this foot two gene mutation, the way that I kind of describe it to my patients is I draw them a picture and I show them this little like, little seaweed like fingers down at the bottom and I put little microbiome bugs just on top of it and then this pie in the sky that looks like a pac-man that's spitting out kind of dust and the dust your pac-man is a red blood cell that is spitting out a carbohydrate that feeds your microbiome you know like what probiotics do they create a microbiome And then that protects your microvilli, which is where all your nutrients get absorbed, like the little seaweed-like fingers that absorb everything. So if you don't, if you have a foot two gene mutation, fucosal uramide transferase, FUT2, then you don't make that carbohydrate to feed your microbiome, and then you won't have a microbiome, and then your wall of your intestine starts to become defunct. When that becomes defunct, then we're not absorbing nutrients properly and also we don't have enough protection against acids and whatnot. So it can change the way that the pH and whatnot functions within the intestinal wall. Okay. Wow. So yeah. that another, another reason for me to book an appointment with you. Yeah, and, and, and that is the number one cause of IBS and no doctor can tell you why IBS happens. Yeah. Is the number one cause of IBS in my, oh. in my opinion, in the patients I've experienced I had a one man come back. He was 50 years old. And he's like, I finally had the first real poop of my entire <laughs> life at the age of 50, like a solid, good, not too hard, not too soft, not huh. like alternating constipation, diarrhea. He's like, just consistently good every day for the first time in my 50 years of living. I was like, yes. This That's is amazing. <laughs> it's a good testimonial to have. It's just, it just, everybody that comes says it just makes sense. It's just logical. And when I was going through med school, I really had a hard time swallowing the pill of here's what we give or here's what we do. And we had all kinds of things. You could do acupuncture, you could do breathing techniques, you could do meditation, you could do herbs, you could do supplements, you could do whatever for anxiety, right? Say for anxiety. And I was like, I don't know about this because everybody's body is different. So yes, out of all of those modalities, maybe one thing's going to work for somebody, but not work for somebody else. 
But I was like, unless we really know, and I, I, I personally didn't understand at the time, but I had the opposite reaction to everything. So any kind of anti-anxiety herbal that was out there would give me raging anxiety. Anything that was meant to make you go to sleep, like passion flower, chamomile, valerian, all those things would wake me up. Coffee also puts me to sleep. So I had the opposite reaction to everything. And so I was like, none of this stuff is working the way it's supposed to for me, for my body. So then that drove me down the path of learning individualized medicine. What is it that we are made up of? in our own specific constellation that needs its own specific set of rules for us. And I think that's the main message with this whole podcast we just did, which is it's so important just to see what's going on with your individual self and, you know, pay attention to your body, notice any symptoms, listen to the, listen to those whispers before they come screams and, you know, reach out to people like Jenna Weeks who can also do, you can do online appointments too, right? For the genetic. Yeah, I work with people yeah. all over the world doing okay. this. Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, well, I'll, def- <laughs> I'll definitely include your information in the show description. Now, somebody's probably wondering, where's the best place for them to get their genetic markers tested? Yeah. I personally like 23andMe. And one question I get a lot is, is it going to interrupt, you know, say my, my health insurance or something like that? If you're in the States, there is a potential for that because you guys work on a different healthcare and Medicare system. In Canada, that's not really a thing. The other thing that people are weary about is, are they going to take my genetic information and do something weird with it? Well, 23andMe basically takes your sample, has a number in the tube And they put that number with the sample, but your personal identification information is kept separate from your sample. So it's never actually together. And if anybody actually has a weird query about that, and they really don't want anybody having their information, doing anything weird with it, you can go on Amazon, you can buy a gift card on Amazon, and then go buy a kit with that gift card and put like John Deere on the gift card. So there's no way to trace back that it's you and you put a fake name on your epigenetic and that's it. I hope that answered your question. I think that does because I've had people say that same concern to me before. So I'm yeah. glad you addressed that. Yeah. So 23andMe or Ancestry is the other one. Those are the ones that are most widely used and available to put through the third-party reporting software. So when you go and get something done through Ancestry or through 23andMe, it's not the complete story. It's kind of like a kindergarten version of it. They're not medical professionals. They can't give you the full spectrum of everything that's going on behind the scenes in you. They can give you some indicators or pointers to say maybe possibly. So what I do is I take that raw data, extrapolate it, put it through my third-party medical reporting software, and then we get the whole view of what's going on, and then we treat from there. Okay, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think that pretty much covers it for today. Is there any message that you want to leave the listeners, or do you feel like we covered pretty much everything? I think think we covered a lot of really great territory. A lot to digest. Yeah, yeah. I think the the last thing is just, it, like I said, individualized medicine and the power is in your own hands to find the answers now these days. It's just starting to get out there. So we're, we're still learning so much, but 
there's so much to know now about how our own individual spaceship works. It's kind of like your car comes with a user manual, like your body now comes with like a user manual. And so you can find out what kind of oil you're supposed to run or what kind of like octane you're supposed to run. And then that can help make your system work optimally. Absolutely. My hope for this is that people listening go and try this out and maybe they'll solve a long-term problem that they've been having themselves or maybe prevent something from happening. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I get all the time doctors, people coming from their doctors being like, I, nobody's been able to help me with this. Nobody can figure this out. And then we go and we pop the hood and we're like, oh, there's a problem. Then we fix it. And they're like, oh my God, my life is so much better now. Like I just needed to find the root cause of why it was happening in the first place. And then when we do that, people generally tend to come right. The only time they don't come right is when they have underlying conditions like heavy metals, molds, Lyme, Epstein-Barr virus, or some other, you know, rare condition, kind of something like your mom had. Yeah. But other than that, for the most part, that's only like 4%. The rest of them are, are running off into the sunset, actually. Like I've had, I've had people who have had fibro for 15 years now on gabapentin for like seven years, be able to get off of their really harsh drugs and not have any more pain in their body. I've had people be able to reverse their like thyroid Hashimoto's issues. I've had people, you know, have chronic migraines their whole entire life now don't have migraines. I've had people with, again, addictions, period problems, acne, you name it digestive issues and and it's just because we were able to find the actual root cause of what it was where it was coming from that nobody knew and then it made it better have you seen it help people with pcos pcos is a bugger (laughs) pcos is a bugger I have seen it help people with pcos but i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like it's everybody yeah yeah it's just PCOS is a jerk. Yeah. One of those things. eh? Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jenna, for coming on the show. Where can people find you? How can they connect with you if they want to book an appointment or maybe find you on social media? Yeah. So I just need to like make people aware that going forward in the next couple of months, I'm changing the format of how I'm going to be working with people because what I'm doing now is I do hour and a half long appointments with people once they get their epigenetics and I go over everything with them, but I find that I'm repeating the same information over and over. So, and that's tiring for me at the end of the day, if I work with six people and I say an hour and a half, every time the same things, it's, it's too much. So Mm. I'm going to be ending up making a vault where the information will all be when they book an appointment with me, they'll be given access. They'll pay for the appointment that we'll have and they're going to go into the vault. They're going to get their epigenetics, see all of the gene mutations they have, watch all the videos that correlate with what it is that they have going on. And then we'll have the follow-up an hour long appointment to be able to go over and answer all the questions that they have in relation to their own body. So that's how it's going to go in the future. But for now you can send me an email and at drjennaweeks at gmail.com. So it's spelled fully out, D-O-C-T-O-R-J-E-N-N-A-W-E-E-K-S at gmail.com. And then I can sort you out with an appointment and we can go over your epigenetics until I get that vault created. <laughs> Which then in- we, we'll go over the epigenetics, but it will just be in a different format. 
I think that's a brilliant idea. And I'll include all of that information in the show description. And mm. I think after I do my genetic testing and book an appointment with you, maybe we could do a round two podcast and talk a little bit about my results and what I've experienced and so on. I have actually had one woman who is a dear friend of mine offer to do her epigenetics live, to do her hour and a half long appointment live. And I'll tell you, more people got more benefit out of that than I've ever seen anything happen. Uh, Because they're like, I saw that and I see what's going on and I understand. And now I, yes, this is what I've got going on too. So we can do that or we can do like, I can do yours and we can do a a podcast synopsis afterwards. But yeah, that was, that was life-changing for so many people because they were able to really relate and see and in real time, get the information that helped them make that decision to move forward to get this kind of help. Yeah. That sounds super fun for me. (laughs) So totally into that. I love doing that and I would absolutely love doing that again. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and shining your light and giving your information and just pouring your heart into this. I really appreciate it. And we'll be in touch soon, Jenna. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me here tonight. It was really a pleasure. And I am I hope this helps somebody out there who is listening tonight. <laughs> it will for sure. I'm super excited about this. Thank you. All right, Jordan. We'll see you another day. Bye for now. Bye.